You saw me become one of you. I barely mouthed the words. She sighed. (sighs) It was a possibility at the time. At the time, I repeated. Actually, Bella. She hesitated and then seemed to make a choice. Honestly, I think it's all gotten beyond ridiculous. I'm debating whether to just change you myself. I stared at her, frozen with shock. Instantly, my mind resisted her words. I couldn't afford that kind of hope if she changed her mind. Did I scare you? She wondered. I thought that's what you wanted. I do, I gasped. Oh, Alice, do it now. I could help you so much, I, and I wouldn't slow you down. Bite me! Shh. She cautioned. The attendant was looking in our direction again. Try to be reasonable. She whispered. We don't have enough time. We have to get to Volterra tomorrow. You'd be writhing in pain for days. She made a face. And I don't think the other passengers would react well. I bit my lip. If you don't do it now, you'll change your mind. No. She frowned, her expression unhappy. I don't think I will. He'll be furious, but what will he be able to do about it? My heart beat faster. Nothing at all. She laughed quietly and then sighed. (laughs) You have too much faith in me, Bella. I'm not sure that I can. I'll probably just end up killing you. I'll take my chances. You are so bizarre, even for a human. Thanks. That stands for Yoda Mom Carrying Aardvark. Yoda Mom Carrying Aardvark. These are fun words to know. Tin roof rusted. Um, I'm imagining that in this universe, the village people are one Yoda, one mom, a woman dressed as Carrie, covered in blood. Right. And an Aardvark. So, um, Carrie and Aardvark. No, um, Arthur. Arthur from... You thought Doug was an Arthur? <laughs> you know. Okay. Here's... No, I know Doug. <laughs> okay. He's a human boy. Okay, okay. In between, in between. Okay. Caillou is the baby. Caillou is Aang from The Last Airbender is the kid. And Doug is him as a teen. This is my oh, this is your world evolution. that I'm building. Okay, okay. All right. He loses a lot of superpowers once he goes through puberty, which is kind of the opposite of this book. Well, but he also gets them. Because Caillou, Caillou I'm going to say again, <laughs> Caillou is a mortal boy. He has some preternatural... Um, Just reading abilities? <laughs> I don't know. Remember, I might have mentioned this on this podcast. They're all, this well, is upsetting me. It's like of, deep in my the stomach. The episode of Caillou that I remember is his family got on a train. The train takes off at the station. And he's like, Mom, Mom, the train station is moving. It's leaving us behind. So I don't think he is preternatural anything. I want to stop everything and instead talk about Wishbone. Witchbone? Wishbone. No, but Witchbone? Wishbone, the dog! Okay. Who travels through time through stories! I did not know that's what Wishbone was about. Yeah, it was a PBS show where they told an, a historical and historical story. And the it, the dog Wishbone would take the place of the main character in the story. Did they notice Davy that it Crockett, was a dog? Et cetera. They were like, "Oh, Mrs. Washington, you're a dog." No. Also, Mrs. Washington, you're a dog. <laughs> was an anonymous letter that I wrote in D.C. Um, she would have been called Lady Washington. Oh, uh, Maggie is reading a lot about I um, George. She's finished. All, every, she knows everything about George. Watch yes. this. I'll ask her a question, and she'll know the answer. Okay. Um, who is his first crush? Oh, he exchanged letters with this woman uh, who is was married to his friend. Oh. And then once he started courting Martha, they stopped exchanging letters. And she That's was good. pissed. Well, he's married now. But I but guess also she, she, she let her when she was married. So she's mm-hmm. like, this is a, needs to be a two-way street, buddy. Mm-hmm. Look, um, okay, next question. How many bones did George Washington break in his lifetime? Um. Do you count teeth as bones? Teeth are the scariest bones because we can see them. All of them. His teeth were mostly uh, tusk, animal tusk, and slave teeth. Mm-hmm. That seems right. Yeah, George he Washington- purchased teeth from his slaves uh, 
at lower than market value, lower than the going rate of teeth at the time, according to newspapers. So, yes, I want to focus on the enslaved people part, but it's hard when you consider that people were selling their teeth on by the newspaper. The, newspaper. the yeah. classified ad of like, hey, my son just lost his two front teeth. You want him? Yeah. It was more like I'm willing to rip out rip my, my teeth, teeth for seven pounds. And George Washington was only paying his slaves like six and a quarter pounds. Yikes. Very full, very um, fontine mm-hmm. energy selling your teeth in the newspaper. Yeah. You Okay. All, okay. All history is mostly um, ripping out your teeth. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, he was also infertile. I guess for men, you call that uh, dry, all dried, dried up. up, sterile. Oh, like an operating, like an field. operating table. Mm-hmm. His dick was like an operating table, sterile. sterile. This is our uh, history podcast. Yeah, my Edward name is, is oh, wait George Washington. We haven't introduced ourselves Edward or this podcast. <laughs> wait a minute! Wait a minute! Rewind! Rewind! You have to say it backwards. Teeth. Um, welcome to Edward is a Vampire. My name is Chris. I'm Team Charlisle. Now and forever. Hello. Excelsior. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. I'm Masonic Maggie. Uh, <laughs> I'm a Mason. <laughs> uh, really um, t- taken in um, George's. Yes. Uh, boys club. Yeah. So uh, I'm not a Mason. Right. But if I was, I'd be trying to take him down from the inside. Where's that movie where a girl dresses up as a man and goes into the Freemasons <laughs> and tears it apart from the inside? All right. Bye. This I gotta is, go write my this movie. This is pretty good. And then America's founded by women. It's going to call be called Masonic Tomb Raider. Oh, pretty good. <laughs> um, Or it's just... um. Masonette. Anyway, today I'm Team Alice and Bella because Alice keeps telling Bella stories by whispering in her ear. And like, I and imagine like putting her, her hand on her knee to be like, "Hush now." Yeah, she has her arm around both her, both of her arms around Bella in the plane, and her her lips are brushing against her ear while she whispers stories. Imagine, okay, if we were on that literally, plane, we'd it's go, described. Uh, get a room. You'd be the guy staring across the aisle. With their, your broad business tie. He's described as having oh, really? a, a broad tie. Hmm. I, have some, I have some ties to some broads, let me tell you. <laughs> I, gotta, I had to stop Sorry, ro- a horse got in here. <laughs> I had to stop writing letters to them when I got married. <laughs> yeah, this is my one-man show. It's like Hamilton, but with George Washington. And it's me. Hamilton is not a one-man show. I know, but it's you know it's like also, it's like George history, Washington but new. is in Hamilton. Yeah, no, but this one he's from the Bronx. I'm just gonna say, um, George Washington was a real hypocrite, and he kept his slaves. And he's famous for releasing his slaves when he died, but he didn't. He said they could be freed once Martha was done with them. Done with them. And Martha got paranoid that then they were gonna try and kill her. Because she was what was standing in the way of their freedom. I would. So she eventually released them, but they were all married to her slaves. And she didn't release her slaves. She sold them off really violently. Separated all the families. Martha Washington. Canceled. A real Karen. (laughs) A real Karen. Look, it's rotten from the core. Um, This ugly seed grew an ugly tree and and George Washington did not cut it down that's a myth that's a myth Maggie needs to take a big gulp of lemonade to cool off and we'll be back do you have chalky soft skin you're like well the second part I like the soft the chalky part no And I'm sure you've tried moisturizer, but all that does is make your skin all slick and oily. Gross. Why not instead apply Aero's Arrowroot Powder? Just pop some on your face and it'll suck up all sorts of oils. It'll make your skin soft and not chalky. I know what you're thinking. Add chalky powder to my face will make it less chalky? (laughs) Yeah. Ever heard of fighting fire with fire? 
Are you saying you don't like the fire department? Are you saying you don't like Smokey the Bear? How dare you? Put on Arrow's arrowroot powder on your face and your face will be soft and dry. Arrow's arrowroot powder. That feels good. Welcome to Sparkle Notes. Um, in the first chapter, they're on a plane. Alice has visions. She meditates. Bella sleeps. She steals a Porsche. That's the whole chapter. Um, the next chapter, they arrive in the Italian town of Volterra. Volterra! To, to try to stop Edward from um, murder by secret vampire royalty. Yeah. They're going to like kill him if he reveals himself, so they got to stop him from revealing himself. Um, but the trouble is the whole town is celebrating of Saint, Saint Marcus's and the cops. day. <laughs> so Bella's running through this crowded festival trying to get to Edward before he steps out of the shadows and she smacks into him just in time kind of. Edward's like, "Wait, am I dead? Wait, no, I'm not. Oh, Bella's alive. Hooray." Bella the- has little blue cartoon birds flying around her head cuz she's like, "Whoa, Whoa. I hit a wall." <laughs> Uh, then the vampire cops show up and they're just like, okay, come downstairs. We got to talk about this whole human vampire. You're not dead situation. Uh, he doesn't want to go. Alice shows up, calms him down a little bit. And then Jane, hot, mysterious Dakota Fanning shows up and is like, you better fucking come downstairs. So and they hop all through like, a hole. Yeah, okay, Jane. They hop through a hole and they walk through a boring hallway and then they enter a grand room with an onion head <laughs> in it. Um, so then the next chapter is them uh, talking to the Volteri, who are like this council onion of heads. old onion skin vampires. And they're all like, you broke the rules. Bella knows about you. Then they're like, oh, no. Bunch of back and forth. Um, then Alice like tells, basically tells the old vampire, look, Bella's going to be a vampire one day. Let him go. And he accepts that. Yeah. And then they leave, but not in time to not see a bunch of sad tourists be murdered. Be moited. We'll be back. Yeah. Chris. Yes, ma'am. My beautiful boy, Chris. Yeesh. Uh, in this set of chapters, we meet Arrow, who has Edward's power, but only he can only do it when he touches people. But instead of seeing what they are thinking at that moment... He sees every thought they've ever had their whole lives. Which truly sounds like... Uh, it seems would like you would be hungover you. all the time. If but like, it, you would end up as kooky as he is. You would shake someone's hand and then he'd be like, I saw everything, including the moment you were born. Ew. Yeah. He, he's a, a kooky lad. Uh, yeah. And I, then there's also... Caius? Cairo? Caius? Caius, probably. Caius, something like that. I thought it was like Cassius. No, I think... But it's... There's not the double S. No, I think it's Caius. Yeah. So him, and his superpower is that he sees relationships. What a superpower. It's not really explained. No, I think the best use of the superpower is... It's like auras? It's like being a wingman. Yeah. You go to a party and be like, oh, that person's hooking up with that person, and you just like, no, because it's your superpower. Yeah. That's the only application i can see yeah other than i guess like if you're investigating a murder you can be like i see this person's really with this person yeah he sees okay turns out this is a great superpower it's coming it's it's my netflix original it's an interesting power uh they don't explain how it works but he says that he notices how he's surprised by how strong edward and alice's relationship do you think which is honestly and he's just like good at body language that he doesn't He's have a tricked these people to think he has a superpower, but really he's just like emotionally intelligent. <laughs> to be fair, they can see his thoughts, so probably. Oh, probably. Probably. Yeah. It's but yeah, cute that Edward and Bella. And uh, then Edward and Alice Jane can basically do the Cruciatus curse from afar with no. Yeah, words. she can make people. She can just hurt. like pain. Pain. We don't know what Marcus does. He's the other old man vampire. Yeah. He's just kind of cranky. His superpower <laughs> might be being an old man. He's just uh, kind of like, I'm not impressed. Yeah, so we add those to the superpowers we already know about. Alice's seeing the future, which we see a lot of. Edward's hearing thoughts. Jasper's mood-stabilizing drug. Uh, and then the suggested power of uh, Carlisle's self-control. 
Yeah. His extreme self-control and Esme is being nice. And Emmett is like strong. strong? And I guess Rosalie is being hot. Yeah, Rosalie's just hot. hot. She's preternaturally hot. And then we'll see in the future that Bella is a shield. Oh, yeah, we're getting to do spoiler alerts for these episodes. Yeah, whatever, spoiler. (laughs) Bella is a shield, and then there are, like, other vampire powers. And I assume that their daughter's superpower is being freaking creepy. (laughs) Yeah, her face can move around her head. (laughs) Um, So we were thinking of, like, what are other, what would we want our vampire superpowers to be? Yeah. Um, I guess based on, like, what your human ones are? Because aren't they supposed to be, like, extensions of, like, your human I like this pitch. Chris, I think you would be very efficient. <laughs> Just fast? <laughs> yeah. Or I think you would be able to see people's needs. Mm, and then you could yes. fulfill them. You're very good at that. Oh, thank you. You like when someone's having an emotional problem, you say, can I get you some tea? And it's what often when I need tea. I'm okay. So my superpower is being some sort of butler. <laughs> yeah, you so. can see someone's needs, but then you get to choose whether you want to. Okay, them. that's fun. I was gonna say yours is um, you know, like uh, you you know all paths to a place, <laughs> so you know the fastest way to get somewhere. <laughs> you know, like the you somehow know all transit. I'm excellent at parkour. You're like a Google Maps, but uh, that's for every such situation. a terrible superpower. <laughs> one, okay, the one guy is knowing relationships. Yours is Google Maps. Mine's Butler. Okay. <laughs> These things, just, this is how they are. Um, I like this. Yeah. Um, I think another fun one would be that you know someone's motivations. When they oh. say, like, something, you know why they said it. I would want to be able to fold laundry really neatly and very fast. Well, that's just, I think, vampire stuff. N- but, like, pr- I, I want to, like, wave my hand and all laundry is done. Okay, so Mad- you, want, you I want, want sort of telekinesis. But only with folding laundry. Okay. I think telekinesis is a good one in general, and I don't know why a vampire doesn't have that. That would be great. Yeah. That's, that's like a fun superpower I would want to have. Uh, telekinesis. But I would want teleportation most of all. Mm, I'd want to be apparate. able to teleport anywhere. Yeah. Because that would really just make the whole world uh, it's as accessible as the World Wide Web. Um, but telekinesis sounds fun. <sighs> We're on the internet right now, live. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm not even on it. It's off. It's not off. I lied to our listeners. Yeah, they're getting this from the internet. Okay. Except for those few listeners who I, you know, messenger over a thumb drive with a self-destructing file on it once a week. Yeah, speaking of which, no one asked for our address to send us <laughs> oh, yeah. Connects we Roller Coaster. <laughs> we demand. We didn't get a single five-star iTunes review this week or a Connects Roller Coaster, which means, are we Nothing are we talking swinging into a void? Is anyone listening? Tap, is tap, tap, anyone is listening? On? Okay, my superpower? Knowing if anyone's freaking listening. Oof, the answer that's is... That's dark. I do know. <laughs> Hi, listeners. Hi. I oh see you. God. I love you. One is from the Ukraine. One is from Bali. And 73 are from New York. <laughs> I love our listeners. Okay, I'm going to go take just a moment to reflect on how much I love our audience. I'm going to update our big map of pins that we keep to stroke our own ego. Yes, it's a manic wall, like some sort of uh, uh, murderer. And we've doxxed everybody, so there are little pictures. Pinned of all back. your families. <laughs> <laughs> and pets. Bye! Bye! Um, Maggie... Uh, on that break was telling me about um, how she had a life experience that really was reflected in Twilight here and we really need to embrace all the times that we hmm. so here's what happened okay. um, <laughs> so you know in this book when the Volturi uh, bait hot girl Italian Rosalie comes back with all the tourists and then they eat them right uh, that happened to me. You were eaten by an Italian vampire? I got about as close as one safely could. I was in New York what City. What a great hook Thank for this you. moth reading. Yes, I was in New York City in 2014, just after New Year's. So it's like January, literally three. 
Slush on the ground. Slush on the ground. It's fucking cold. Lots of wind. I'm wearing um, a scarf for the Canucks. The Vancouver Canucks, the hockey team. Famously, you love them. Yeah, I'm wearing a black pea coat. I have bangs. Okay, I see it. And I am with a friend who will rename Maine unnamed. Okay, I won't. I'll just say the name. It does. The name rhymes with Borge Wush. Borge Bubble U Bush. Borge Bubble U Bush. So I'm with my friend George W. Bush. <laughs> right. And we are uh we are at the Met and we have reservations in Little Italy for dinner, but we want to go up to the Empire State Building before. It's yeah. our last chance because there's snow expected. And spoiler alert, it happens. We get snowed into New Jersey for the rest of our vacation. So we need to get up to the Empire State Building. Tonight, before dinner. So we go to the Empire State Building, and of course there's a line, because that's how the Empire State Building works. It's a big tourist attraction. So we're standing in line, and we're figuring out, we're asking the guys in vests, Empire State Building vests, like how much it's going to cost to get up, and like if there's an express pass, and how much that costs. And there's this one guy in a vest who's really tall. That's what I remember about him. He's (laughs) really tall. He's wearing an all-black suit. Under the vest. So he's like a doorman? And it's like a neon construction vest. Okay. That says like Empire State Building on it. Like they're clearly, it's like a staff vest. So um, he's like, oh, I ha- I sell express passes where you like go and there's like a movie experience and then you get up to the top and it's like $75. To go up in Empire State To building. go up. And so me and my friend George W. Bush were like, that's a lot of money to go up to the top of the Empire right, State Building. But it's the only way it's going to happen. And George W. Bush had never been to New York. <laughs> right. So we really wanted to experience this. So we went ahead and forked up $75 each. In cash? I don't remember. It he must a, not have had been. had a square. He had a square or something. Weird. And then he proceeds. This, again, I'm going to say doorman and of construction. So then he list. proceeds to take off the Empire State <laughs> Building staff vest, <laughs> hand it. To a guy who works at the Empire State Building, what? who puts it away, and then uh-huh. he's like, follow me. Uh-huh. So me and George W. Bush hold hands <laughs> and follow this all man who's dressed like a charmed demon. <laughs> so if you've seen Charmed, tall. he's an upper level charmed demon. Tall, big head, <laughs> all black button, black suit, black shirt, black tie. So all black fully, suit. fully some sort of vampire who's going to lead you into an elevator and murder you. Yeah. So then we walk all the way down the block. So the Empire State Building is like a whole block. Right. It's a big building. And so we walk like all the way down the block and another block. Oh. We've left the Empire State Building. You're like, I'm no longer on 34th Street. I'm positive. <laughs> and we're all under scaffolding the whole way. And then there's an unmarked door uh, uh, uh. that says, like, the experience <laughs> next to it. <laughs> and he opens the door. What experience? Is this like the Trolls experience that he, was happening uh, listen, in New York? <laughs> he opens the door and he says, come on in. And me and George W. Bush, we follow him inside. By this point, we know we're going to die. <laughs> but you know what? We're sure. We're the lady in the book who's clutching her crucifix and muttering in a language no one understands. Yeah. That's us. Uh, we get into what I can describe as, have you ever been to one of those theme restaurants like Jekyll and Hyde where you're in a fake elevator and it's closing in on you? No, but is it like the um, Haunted Mansion where you're in it and like the walls grow? Yeah. Kind of thing. So it's like that, except it's like all painted navy blue and there are screens. Okay. Uh, and it's Is not it just a, you it's and not George an elevator. elevator. It's not just me and George W. Bush. It's a me, George W. Bush, and about 25 tourists, none of which are from the United States. There's a bunch of international tourists rounded yeah, up. Yeah, we are the only people speaking English in this room. Oh no! So we, at this point, we know we've absolutely been tricked. You've been tricked along with the people who don't speak fluent English. <laughs> yes, we've been tricked along with people who I assume bought this as part of their cruise package. <laughs> right. So we're in this room, and then suddenly screens appear. Out of the walls. Well, I should say one small screen the size of a laptop appears. 
and shows a video. That's an experience. And shows a video that is absolutely <laughs> propaganda. <laughs> There's like a lot of eagles and flags. There's a lot of buzzwords like patriotism. <laughs> Freedom. So if vampires are trying to pretend to be normal Americans. Yeah, there's like a lot of flying. It absolutely glazes over 9-11. Famous <laughs> thing that happens in New York. It's all about America. Mm. Ellis Island. The gates of freedom in the Western world. And then the door on the other side. We've been closed into this tiny room. Sounds hot. The door on the other side, which I didn't notice because it's painted the same color as the wall, opens. And we file into uh, one big roller coaster car. <laughs> Wait, no. Yes. No. No. This in, a, in a high-rise building in New York City? Yeah, there's one big... It's not especially tall. It's like one big room. Uh-huh. And there's one, one big... <laughs> like, you know the roller coaster car that has like two rows of seats? This is just like... One big one that has like 50 seats. So is it like the the ride in uh, Jurassic Park? You know, when they go through like the learn about Jurassic Park? It is like that. It's like a rows of seats that are connected together. Yeah, it's one big. And so we sit down, me and George W. Bush, in a row by ourselves. Who built this place? And it proceeds to be a 4D movie (laughs) hosted by Kevin Bacon. (gasps) Where Kevin Bacon tells you about New York City. Mm-hmm. Again, 9-11 is not mentioned. You know, Kevin Bacon is kind of like the original New Yorker. Yeah. <laughs> when I think of New York, I think of Kevin Bacon. And so we watch this second propaganda film that's like, we're like flying. Mm. The thing like shakes and moves. <sighs> um, but doesn't rise because we're just watching the screen. Right. Uh, it just shakes and moves, and then we file out the other side, and we're in like a normal movie theater lobby, <laughs> like an AMC lobby. The space there's like space, uh, themed carpet, carpet. like an arcade. Yeah, and there's like Do a you think it was a popcorn movie machine, <laughs> and they sell T-shirts. <laughs> this is an experience. And we walk up, and we're like, please. Is the Empire State Building nearby? Can we please just go to the Empire State Building? George Bush and I are sure we're still going to die. Yeah. At this point, we're like... They're fe- you're fattening you up before they slaughter you. Yeah. We're like, you know, in the Volturi where Gianna's boring room to yeah, trick you. That's lobby. where we are. Right. Yeah. So then they say, sure, go right through these doors. So we're like, we've come this far. Let's go through one more unmarked exit door. <laughs> and we walk out onto the balcony of the Empire State <laughs> No! Yeah. No elevator. What? Onto the... No- we walked out. Did you feel an elevator happen? No. We walked out to leave after enjoying our time on the top of the Empire State Building through the normal... <laughs> National Park Service, Empire State Building, gift shop, and elevators. Wow. But That's we walked magic. in just onto the balcony. That's amazing. That's my story. I'm surprised that you weren't vampired. I'm absolutely surprised we didn't die. Yeah. Did you check your pockets? Did you have anything left in the- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and guess what? We made it to our dinner reservation on time. Wow. And I had really good bolognese. And that's been. And then we went oh. to the best cannolis in New York City. The guy with. Um, Who's met Ryan Seacrest? Ryan Seacrest on his business cards. We went there and we had to train back to New Jersey and then we got locked in New Jersey, but we did see Frozen that weekend. Big weekend. Look, if I'm going to uh, edit this story a little bit, maybe leave out the, the end about Bolognese and Frozen. Um, Doesn't it, it add to the general craziness of the story? Though? It does, but like here in the moth, we like a nice. Hard ending. Right, but I'm telling Stephanie Meyer's version of this story. Right, where it just keeps Sorry, going. Sorry, I didn't start with a dream where this happens. Word for word, and then you experience And then it. I word experience word. Word. Uh, That's truly Chef's guess. All right, uh, we'll, be, we'll be right back. We'll be back. <laughs> Can you hear my people sing, singing, singing the, the song of Voltori? I just assume that's what they sing in the streets of this, the town of Volterra, Italy. Yes. 
They're all wearing red hoods and singing that. Yeah, what kind of event does everyone really adhere to the dress code? Do you think there are people... So in these chapters, um, <clears throat> Bella is trying to fight through this crowd of like this celebration, this like St. Marcus festival or something. And everyone's wearing the same red scarf and hood. Do you think there's people like nearby being like, get your red scarf here. Hot dogs and red scarves here. It's so weird. So the history is that Marcus the vampire drove out all the vampires from this town 3,000 years ago. Right. And there has never been a vampire in the town since. Mm-hmm. I think it's crazy that everyone believes in vampires in this town. Yeah, it's odd. Yeah. Very old world. Now we're in a true vampire yeah. town, which is old Europe. And these vampires are all 3,000 years okay, old. I also have to say, they're 3,000 years old. Mm-hmm. There was no... Why do they have Roman names? Yeah. That doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> when did he drive out the vampires? I, if you, if you're 3,000... Okay, someone do the history, but what was in Italy 3,000 years ago? Because Rome was like 2,000 Built in a day. years ago. I, listen. It, it, why, shouldn't their names be like some also, proto what Latin? is vampires in this lore? If we're going back 3,000 years, you have to start giving us lore. Yeah. And it's crazy. Do these vampires get more powerful as they get older? Do they have special powers other vampires well, don't have? Well, Bella seems to say Can that they're getting Can you drink their weaker. blood and they get... Yeah, exactly. But she doesn't know. She has no fucking idea. She's guessing that they're weak. Because they have bodyguards and they're very... She says Thing. they feel like shale rather than hard They marble. look. She didn't get to touch them. Yeah, she touched the one old guy. Oh, yeah, his hand. His hand. Listen. It's very strange, but also the idea of a 3,000-year-old vampire then being like... Hello, Jane. Thank you for coming in today. Is truly these this last chapter I thought was very uh, it reminded me of Douglas Adams, the uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy author, mm. in the way he was describing like the va- three thousand year old vampires also having like a boring office. Yeah, and like saying hi, Jane. Like Men in Black. It could yeah. be funny, but Stephanie, every other room, she couldn't <laughs> decide if it was like funny how boring it was, like what we do in the shadows, right. Or it, give, give me that if it was too. grand, because I thought I thought it's kind of funny that so they go down this like they jump down a hole in the street, which is insane, which is kooky. And then they walk like an old like um, stone sewer. hallway, like yeah. sewer hallway. And then they open a door. Then it's like gray carpeted and fluorescent lights. Yeah. Which is funny because it's like these old ancient vampires. Why do they have an office? Yeah. And I think she's trying to be like, oh, it's a front. Yeah. But the way that they access it isn't the way it. it it reads as funny, like it's yeah. ironic, yeah, but not like in a oh they they have to conceal their identity. It mostly seems to be goofy. It's like you want it to be like Men in Black, yeah, where you'll you like walk up to a secret hidden building, but then you open it up and it's a normal security guard and they're his pug, like, and yeah, then I, it opens again and it's cool. But you, that's not what you Stephanie don't know does. that this receptionist is hiding a vampire clan, yeah. But uh, it it never really hits either mark of like it's supposed to be like a cool secret thing or it's supposed to be like ironic and funny yeah um i want to imagine it's ironic and funny because arrow or arrow arrow yeah the like head evil vampire is that they so talk to funny is so funny the them casting the guy who plays wesley slaves in 30 rock is spot on for me it's so funny in the I, movies it never made sense to me but now no. that i've read the books i'm like he does do this. In the movie, I wish that they played him as goofy as he is in the book. Yeah. Because here he's like giggling and he's cla- he's like, ooh, yes, Bella and Edward are here. Hooray. Yes. Yeah. The, the, the other vampires come in and he's like, can you believe it? Bella is alive. He saved her. And the old vampire's like, yeah, whatever. Because he matter. saw all of Edward's thoughts. So he like knows their whole Goss, story. And he's like, oh my God, you two are so cute <laughs> together. Like, These two teens really are made for each other yeah so i want um who's that we want full what what you do in the shadows we want what you do in the shadows who's the german comedian who's in the pitch perfect movies he's like in the last one um all i'm thinking of is the guy from Shaun of the dead the bald british guy no not simon Pegg. but simon Pegg could play this i don't know this guy's (laughs) name but i imagine him and he would have to play it german or with an italian accent I'm imagining or like a three thousand year old. You know that British bald guy who plays opposite Rebel Wilson in a lot of things. Yeah, or maybe the he's Australian. Comedian. Yeah, he, he yeah, would. He could do this. Oh, he would do this, but also it would be. He gross. would be grosser. He'd be like yeah. a gross baby. Yeah, an he ancient would be a baby. gross ancient baby. <laughs> 
Okay, so for okay, we're we're gonna get ahead of ourselves talking about the movie. Okay, but in I'm our recast, we time, do have to recast. What about him. John Hamm? <laughs> okay, John Hamm would be amazing. <laughs> he could play it like uh, the pastor in Kimmy Schmidt, but yeah. like funnier. Yeah, because like um, he clearly, I think, is written supposed to be like he is. It's kind of creepy how like silly he is because he's a three thousand year old. Yeah, like, and he's like powerful. I but war. There's something fun about his villain. Because he, like, knows everything about everyone in the room because he's seen all their thoughts, the most yeah. intimate thoughts, which makes him both, like, care about them in a certain way, but also have distance from all of them. Yeah, he's kind of like a museum curator. Yeah. He's, like, interested in them, and it's like, oh, Bella, Edward can't read your minds. That's cool. Um, so let me test out my torture device on you. Torture, But then he's fully like, but we do have to kill you. Interesting, but... Yeah. You're disposable. Museum curators are good. Or like a scientist. Yeah. Where he's like, he wants to cure cancer, but he's willing to kill as many people as it takes to <laughs> get that cure. He's a mad scientist. Cure. Yeah. And if you're thousands of year old. Um, you wouldn't care about anything. No. Her, any day to day. Her life to you is means so nothing, nothing. Which makes it fun like he really is just like reading a story about these people. Yeah. He is based, in a way, he is us. Yeah. <laughs> Distanced from their story, and I don't mind, I don't care what happens to them. I'll say I had the most fun reading the Volturi chapters. Yeah. Maybe that I have had the whole book. It's which fun. I thought the opposite was going to happen. I was like, let's get weighed down by these big bads. But instead, the big bads are so much weirder than anything else weird that and happens. Fun when she writes like a weird character, I think she has fun doing it. Alice but is fun. Alice is fun. And this guy is fun. Mm -hmm. And so are the other vampires, sort of. Um, the guy who just comes in and touches the hand to say how <laughs> close Edward and Alice are That's is good. funny. Um, and then it makes you think of like her time in Forks when she's just writing like normal people in a small town. It's so she has it's she's disinterested. Yeah. As Bella is. It's like she wanted to write this big grand story, but she didn't really commit. Yeah. Like I, she was too scared to write a story that's all about big characters. So she like grounded it, trapped herself by grounding it in like real teendom. Yeah. When instead she, she could have in just corner. written this. Because these chapters at the end here and the beginning when it's like mostly vampires and like vampire, mm -hmm. like the what's the consequences of a human being around a vampire? It's like fun. Um, but yeah, I don't know why she just doesn't just do that. Lean into that more. I, so I mentioned it briefly a few episodes ago, but like a um, couple months ago, I read Interview with a Vampire. Yes. And in that, they're American vampires from Louisiana that go to France and travel through Europe. And they meet really old vampires like this. And so it reminds me of... This part of the book reminded me more of Interview, where, like, the vampires have rules and can, like, enforce the rules in a way that, like, the American vampires don't because they're not old enough. Yeah, it's weird, um, the whole, like, power structure here. And it's so weird that their only rule is not to tell people. Their only rule is... But they don't care about vampires killing each they other. They might. In almost all vampire stuff, the big rule is, like, you can't kill another vampire. Right. Alice, I think, does say there are rules, but then she just says, like, the biggest one is you can't reveal our secret. Yeah. Because Bella's like, what? There's rules? Funny when she was like, I want to be a vampire so bad, but you didn't tell me that there's an ancient family who enforces all vampire rules around <laughs> the world? How do they do that? If you're, an, if you're an Australian vampire. Yeah. Do you really? How often do you hear about the Volteri? Not very often. They all act like. Probably they, only if the, like, rise up happens, which is what happens in Eclipse. Oh, right, they go around the world and, like... Uh, they bait the Volturi into coming. Right. Chris, we're one episode away from the end of New Moon. I thought that, too, when I was reading. I was like, oh, where are we in the book? And I'm like, oh, we're in the last little... Three chapters and then the epilogue little, little is bit. next week. Uh, so sad. Both books really pick up near the end. And I'm like, oh, I kind of want to read this now. And then I'm like, well, it's over. Um, yeah, I don't know what happens with the rest of the book. I assume they just go back home. I the book is over. The book started <laughs> and ended in this episode. I was going to say, we we kind of reached the introduction of the big conflict in terms of like a big plot yeah. to resolve. And we reached the resolution. And now I guess we're just going to deal with like the consequences of the resolution. Yeah, the so they're going to have to like go back to Forks and decide whether to turn Bella so into quick. a vampire. I feel like in other books, you know, the the the... Why 
why didn't they force them to stay in Italy for a few weeks? They easily, they have enough power over them that they could make them stay and be introduced and try and convince Edward to change Bella right there in Italy. And yeah, because like the contingency of them leaving unmurdered yeah. is you have to turn Bella into a vampire at some point. We're yeah. going to check in on you. Why not just be like, you have a week to do it? And they could have just like, in any other book like this, we would be here in Italy for most of the book. They would be like deliberating and you would have to like play by the rules mm. and we would get introduced to more of this world um. and we would learn about Jane. And none of that happens. We just come in, save Edward, and go home. Easy peasy, love and squeezy. Easy peas. There was some fun stuff in here. Um, the bad, big bads were fun. The weird layer was kind of fun. Yeah. Um, we got to mostly just hang out with Alice, which... That was... It was amazing. Every time Alice spoke, she was, like, dripping with, like, a little bit of disdain for Bella. She was kind of... She's kind of over Bella. I think she's... She's like, Bella, can you just... I'm trying to concentrate to save my brother's life. Yeah, I think part of it's, like, she's like, this all started because I made a false prediction. Mm-hmm. So I need to clean up my mess. And Bella, I don't have the time to hold your hand. She just keeps, like, closing her eyes and meditating. <laughs> The iconic scene of her in her like shawl or whatever rolling yeah. up to the guards to get into town. And her just like elbow length gloves. Tan okay, color We glove. need to save the rest because there's something about this that is my thing I can't stop thinking about. Okay, okay. And it is nuts. <laughs> Fun. Um, but Alice is good. Uh, at this point, I'm like, we keep talking about turning Bella into a vampire. Let's do it already. Let's do it. And of course, we know it's not going to happen. We're going to get through another whole fucking book. Really? Yeah. Oh, I really, I thought it was like, oh, doesn't it happen right away? I, they book? decide that they're going to do it, I think, in this book. What do they wait for her to like graduate and stuff? And They want to wait. And then Edward wants to wait until they're married. Uh, the th- laying it on thick, Stephanie. Yeah. yeah. With, uh, with that one. Where are the gays in this chapter? How are these 3,000-year-old vampires that all live together? These three bachelors. <laughs> Not laying with Carlisle. thick as gay. Maybe they do. Yeah. They are like. They have their kids that they raise together. They have the kids. And they're kind of like. um, They, they don't have like physical strength. So they're not like masculine. Yeah. Not. You, you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah. In terms of like coding them. Um, I like to think when he put his hand out for Bella to touch so he could read her minds. The main guy like put his hand out. Little dip in his wrist, like, like she was going to kiss his rings. Hold my hand, dear. Yes, I. And it's like giggling and stuff too. was like yeah. a little like. I think it there was, could be a bit of like offensive Hollywood, uh, a little like sissy troping <laughs> kind there. of stuff. Yeah, or it's just like the general or like the you know like childish villain with power kind of thing. Yeah, you know, like like in a way, Joker, like Heath Ledger's Joker, where he's like yeah giggling and yeah you know doesn't play by the rules. Um, man. There's a lot of Bella. Bella, though. Bella really <laughs> shows. I lost my speech because Bella is so bisexual in these chapters. Not only is she totally in love with Edward, there's like a lot of lines where she's like, I don't know why I even thought I could ever love ugly Jacob. <laughs> she doesn't say it by name but because was... we've fully forgotten that Jacob exists in these chapters. Truly, I have. But he, she's fully like, I don't know why I convinced myself to love anyone else. This is my love. This is my love. But then she turns around and it's like, Alice's ear lips were touching my ears. She was so pretty. She's like, this Italian girl, I can't stop staring at because she's so hot that she reminds me of Rosalie. She was like, oh, this other vampire, she hugged her brother who is pretty, but also as pretty as she was. A lot of her um, talking about how beautiful women are. But then also she mentioned, she described one woman's voice as a harsh, shrill female voice. So I can't tell if she likes women or she also kind of hates them. It's like in all vampire things where male vampires will, like, in theory, be attracted to women but we'll appreciate the male form beyond all other, <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's how interview is. Interview is totally gay. The vampires don't have sex. They're like ecstasy is drinking blood and they only drink the blood of like same sex vampires. Whoa. Usually. Yeah. Blood drinking as um, an analog for sex is classic. All, all, vamp- all vampire novels are classic. And that's what makes it so gay. Right. And Bella's falling right into that, but we're not acknowledging it in this book. Nope. And we never will. We never will? Because of 
Smart. What I'm ta- what I'm saying is, Stephanie, learn your history about mm. the genre. Yeah, and and just turn up the heat a little. Yeah, where's the steamy, steamy action? We saw again. This 50 is a YA book. There should be some. <laughs> there should be some kissing. Yeah, I mean there is, but it's mostly Bella. Like I'm gonna say, like a horny dog. She like gets on Edward and she's like, <laughs> she's like humping him, <laughs> like licking his face. The House of Night books, which are va- other teen vampire books that I read, there's so much. I'm going to say yeah. gratuitous sex <laughs> in those books and the vampires imprint when they like drink too much of someone's blood, like of one person's blood, they like imprint on them and they can feel their feelings or whatever, which is what happens in True Blood too. Mm. That's a classic vampire thing. And there's none of that here. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll get more that we're like opening up the vampire world at the end of this book. So I guess we'll see. We'll see. But we're almost at the end. And that also means almost movie time. So Woo-hoo! things to look forward to in the hot, hot summer. And we're going to have another extra episode. Last time we did fan fiction. We've got some options. We got some stuff for if you have about. if you have something you really want to hear us talk about. Oh yeah. If there's something know. you're like, you guys are missing this big thing. Because we might be. We might be. Let us know. Otherwise, we're going to talk about parody. And that's going to be a whole episode oh, of us saying no. that everyone else is stupid and we're, we're the, the smartest. We're the smartest people. <laughs> okay, we're going to compliment each other for a minute and then we'll be back. Chris, you're so pretty. Your curly hair is so long like a knight. Thank you. America. Freedom. Gateway to freedom. That's right. New York City's top attraction, the experience. Experience the Empire State Building like you never have before. Through a 4D Kevin Bacon ride, sizzling bacon. That's America, baby! You'll make it to the Empire State Building in no more than zero flights! Skyline, New York City, Eagles, Freedom! The experience behind lots of doors. Chris. Yes. Chris. Yes. Chris. Yeah. I cannot stop thinking about. Hit me. When Alice's elbow-length tan-gloved hand reaches out the window and puts a roll of thousand-dollar bills into a guard's hand. She's already stolen a Porsche and flown first class, two tickets first class to Italy. And she has still a roll of thousand dollar bills. First of all, how many, I don't think thousand dollar bills exist. Mm, we'll come back to this. Yeah. Um, how many things would go in a roll? Usually it's a hundred. So she has a, she's handing him a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> so, I looked up if $1,000 bills exist. Right, because I think they do. They don't. Oh. Um, U.S. currency is only made in 1, 2, 5, 10, 20, 50, and 100. Aren't there $500 bills? No. Used to be? There used to be. So the $500 bill has, was allowed in 1780. <laughs> and 1,000-note bills were authorized for the War of 1812. <laughs> On June 30th, 1812, we made $1,000 bills. But then in 1861, we stopped making $1,000 bills. And Alice isn't that old. <laughs> no. Or she got some old bills from Carlisle. But even like, still, you can't hand an Italian man a roll of $100,000 <laughs> of 1860 money. He goes to his bank and he's like, I got that these bills. And they're like, uh, oh no. I don't think so. And then they, and then I guess Interpol gets involved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, where'd you get this? Why would Stephanie Meyer not have Googled do thousand dollar bills? why would her exist? editor not go, uh, that seems wrong. Just give him hundred dollar bills. Just say, hand him a wad of hundreds. Uh, Why does she not have euros? You feel like she would have euros. Alice has a rule of thousand dollar of Victorian era bills. Victorian money. Um, Also related to Alice, um, I underlined and wrote down, this is the best line of all of Twilight. Here we go. 
Um, they get off the plane. They're ready to go in Italy and find Edward. Oh, yeah. Alice turns to Bella and goes, she eyed me speculatively. How strongly are you opposed to Grand Theft Auto? And I said, and that's the end of a chapter, right? That's it. That's it. There's a paragraph break, mm. like a time break. And she rolls back in a bright yellow, yellow tinted window a Porsche. Banana Porsche. And she's like, "Could you have found a louder car?" And Alice is like, "The question is, could I find a faster car?" And she probably not. <laughs> she's manic and ready to go nuts. And I thought it was fun. So that's what I can't stop thinking about. It's how cool Alice is. Wow, two cool Alice my, memories. My last thing that stuck with me is Bella. So the the old vampires are described as having onion paper skin. Which is so nasty and it keeps going. They're like so pale and translucent that it's like wafer thin and like they can see their ew, veins and stuff. Ew, and I don't ew. know, their organs. I wrote ew their so muscles. many times. Um, but Bella just said um, that she said, quote, I felt a strange, horrifying urge to touch his cheek. To see if it was softer than Edward's or Alice's, or if it was powdery like chalk. <laughs> she saw this nasty man and went, I wonder if your skin is softer like chalk. <laughs> Ew, Bella! Please, Regardless if please, he's a vampire, that's personal space. <laughs> please message us if your skin is soft or powdery like chalk. Soft or chalk. Soft or chalk. Hit us up. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at... at Edward is a vampire pod. You can also send us an email with uh, asking for asking our address, for our address so, so that you can send us a roller coaster connect. It's Edward is, Edward is a vampire pod at gmail.com. This is very exciting. Uh, keep up the donating. Keep up with writing your senators. Uh, you know, it's time for us to take some action in this world. And if that doesn't come in a roll of thousand dollar bills, I don't know what does. Send Send a roll of thousand dollar bills. Send the U.S. Mint a letter saying, bring back thousand dollar bills. I hope that peaked. I hope that's you do some action beyond just that (laughs) this week. Nope. Okay. Uh, You know what? Maybe it's a gateway into, into civil engagement. Yeah, it's um, like when you're in AP Gov and they're like, you have to send a letter to your senator. To your representative. Yeah, do mm. that, I guess. Yeah. That's our action item. <laughs> <laughs> Hope it's good for you. Bye. Powdery. Chunky. Turn around, take a bite. That's what they play at vampire weddings. <laughs> yeah. So the whole family can get in on the dance. Blah. It's called the Blah Step. Blah. Blah.